Welcome everybody to the show. You know what it is, Absent-Minded Watches. My name is Ethan Newbolt. Thank you for joining me today at Soulsbjorn. With me as usual, my co-host Travis Stockton at Ray Charlizard. Howdy. Howdy indeed. And always, Andrew Crandall Andrew at, at Andrew Loves Video Games. Excuse me. It's been one week since you looked at me. I was watching Bare Naked Ladies before we started recording. It's a good song. It has been like... It's been at least a week, man. Yeah, I haven't seen you guys' faces in a while. It's uh, It feels weird not looking across from you and uh, seeing your faces. That's why I need to get a webcam so we we can do, like, the Discord record. Yeah. Uh, that, that would be kind of cool, yeah. Uh, if you don't know but what it is... you'll have to put on clothes. Well, you know <laughs> that uh, computer okay. stores right. are essential businesses, so you can go out and get one. Exactly. Very true. Yeah, yeah there's places got them. No, they're not. <laughs> uh, every week, every other week, we get together and we watch a video game movie, laugh about it, talk about it, and now we include video game entertainment, TV news, and little tidbits that we find interesting. Maybe something that we're watching that we really like and we want other people to enjoy as well. Uh, please go on over to AbsentMindedPodcast.com where you can find the latest episodes of our main show, the Absentminded Podcast, and previous episodes of this one. Don't forget to leave us a like, voicemail, and a question, maybe a comment. Or a topic of discussion, we might play it on the air. Uh, you can donate if you feel like helping us out. But if you don't feel necessary or you need that money for something, that you know, definitely don't keep your money. These times are hard. Stuff's going on. Uh, also, visit our Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Give us a like, follow, and subscribe. Give us a nice five star rating. It must be pretty bad out there when Ethan's telling you to keep your money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, I would I would love to get money, but it's, you know it's hard out there. People are losing their jobs. People are, you know, it's everyone's struggling. It's it's crazy out there. So help your friends, help your neighbors, call your grandmothers, call your moms, everybody. Let them know. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. Hide your wife. <laughs> Coronavirus is out there. Travis busting out the classics. So. uh What's going on this week, guys? What do you guys, since we're we're all stuck at home, you know, we're not supposed to leave unless it's essential. Go maybe go grab some groceries or, uh, what do you what are you watching at home? What are you doing? Uh, I have watched a lot of ahead. things. Yeah, Travis, if you want to go ahead, because I, I would, mean, yeah, let's just let's just start getting these out of the way as yeah, quickly please. as possible. Yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's quick, let's get them going. I know I talked last time about having finally caught up with season two of Hannibal. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that put me in the mood to watch the old, uh, older movies. Yeah, without Matt's Mickelson, but with the uh, Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins, yeah. Dude, Silence of the Lambs is classic, so good. classic film, great so movie. Good. I'm, I assume you found like a 4K copy or something like that. Yeah, actually, it was streaming in 4K somewhere. I can't remember. And then uh, Hannibal actually had a 4K Blu-ray that I went ahead and picked up. Nice. But um, yeah, Silence of the Lambs. When it's been a long time since I watched this, I had seen it before, but it was probably when I was like in high school or something. And just it's been a good while since I've seen it too. I feel I like we're all just we're, we're better at watching movies and stuff now. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, when people talk about how this is like one of the greatest films of all time, it, it's it's no lie. And it's crazy because it's a horror film and like a suspense film. And there are not movies like this that are just made so perfectly. 
Well, yeah. Also, I, I also don't think in 2020 you can get a get, get away with a scene where a guy throws cum on someone. <laughs> of course you can. Yeah, it's supposed to be gross out. I mean, in a rated <laughs> art movie, you can get away with that. It's pre- if anything, it's more depraved now, and it was really depraved back then. That's but yeah, kinda, seeing yeah, that point. scene, poof, <laughs> so fucking uncomfortable. It really is. Oh, just uh, yeah. Isn't disgusting. that what makes it like, good? Truly, you know, truly disgusting. Just making it the is. person uncomfortable. It's like, oh, just cringe. But I got to keep watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because when we talked about this in the car like a week or two ago, Ethan, like, oh, the day yeah. After I watched it, I think I was like raving about this movie in the car talking about how just like there's like a straight 20 minutes of the ending. That's just like heart pumping. Oh yeah, because we were we were talking suspense. about good twists and stuff, and and I was like, I talked about one, and you were like, no, not that one, the one after, and I was like, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> uh, there are two like back to back scenes or sequences, I guess, because it's a series of yeah, scenes. it's a whole kind of but, thing for each one, yeah, yeah. Also, like the last half hour, thirty five minutes of that movie is just like. It's like heart pounding. It's Cushion grabbing. Heart pounding. Well, yeah. even that ending <laughs> is so good as well with the phone call. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, it, uh, one of my favorite so, things. Oh, go so ahead. So good. Oh, I'm just agreeing with you. It's just so good. What's your favorite <laughs> thing about it? Uh, I mean, it, it, it introduced me to like some of my favorite songs. Because whenever Buffalo Bill first kidnaps that girl, you know what's oh, playing? Oh, yeah. American Girl by Tom Petty. <laughs> and then I got to say... I still love Goodbye Horses. Oh, of course. Yeah. And then you, you get the classic scene from Clerks 2. Yes. With Jason Mewes doing the. I'm going to bring that back up later. <laughs> that's going re- <laughs> to. Uh, that's going to come back around and drip down the backside when we talk about the Star Wars stuff. Yeah. But it it's funny. It's one of those because, like I said, I've been watching the Hannibal TV series and then coming back to Silence of the Lambs. It's It's crazy how you know, these two high caliber actors, like both Mads Mikkelsen and Anthony Hopkins are just like very, very, very good actors. Mm -hmm. And they're seeing two people take on a character like that from like such a long, like distance in time. Like we're talking about a difference of like 30, 35 years, I think between silence of the lambs and the Hannibal TV show Mm -hmm. on NBC. And I think it's rare that you can see two people do two great takes on the same character and it like like they're both that character. Like there's so many times <laughs> where someone like somebody might take on a role that like you like the uh, here's a great example solo the dude that played uh, Han Solo's character or whatever. Oh, fuck. What How like it's like okay, well he's it's like he read a list of bullet points. It was like these are things to know about Han Solo. <laughs> try to do all of these things and like you just never really buy it and i was worried about that watching silence of the lambs being like oh i'm so into mads mickelson's version of hannibal lecter that will the silence of the lamp still hit me the way it did and it does like they both it's like they came about the same character from different directions but like they still just because they're so fucking good were able to make it work and I, and yeah, I guess the Joker as a character is really a great example too because we've seen so many exactly variations of that. Yeah, of Joaquin uh, Phoenix and then uh, Heath Ledger. I really, I also like Jared yeah, Leto's Nicholson. Joker. Oh, oh wow! I didn't even think of the older Jokers. I I am ashamed of myself. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Drew. Even the older Joker. Mm-hmm. And I'd say I the only Jack difference Nicholson's with that Joker because, like, I I'm sorry to interrupt you, Travis, but uh, it's a little more nuanced. He plays, but... like a, he plays like a good gangster. You know, he's not really a psychopath, but he plays a good gangster. You know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but I I think that's where I would say it's a little different because 
Joker's one of those characters where he can, like, he's always been so different because there's always been a host of different writers that have written their take on the character. Even you got to give the actors books. credit to themselves. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think what makes Hannibal Lecter so different is it's always it's only ever been the same author and his books writing that character. You know what I mean? Oh, like, it, okay. so there is like Hannibal Lecter is a person. Like he is a a single figure. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Joker, he's everyone's got a different origin story for him. You don't know which one of them's real because of just the nature of the character. Mm-hmm. Probably none of them are real. He's a liar. Um, <laughs> That's true. But, like yeah. Hannibal Lecter is this like set in stone. This is who he is. Well, because yeah, in that universe, he's actors a, to he's do a, it. Like basically a, a what is it, a non-fictional character. Like he he wrote him as a real person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not that you say Bond's kind of like that. You know, who? Yeah, that, that's Bond. It. Yeah, I mean James Bond. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly like that. Yeah, because it's the same. It's the same thing. The same author for all the books, and then I think they take a lot more leeway with all the different James Bond adaptations, though. Sure. Uh, but there's been yeah, a lot Son of, of the Lambs. It was just. It was definitely one where I'm like, man, if you haven't seen that in a while, that's one to go watch with fresh eyes. And yeah, it, I might it really is an awesome, awesome movie. Yeah, I think I'm definitely going to do that. Now, I mean, that leads me Hannibal, into actually. I was about to say that leads me into Hannibal, which what a miscarriage of a movie. <laughs> Ridley Scott is such a hack fraud. <laughs> I don't I just oh, my God. It's like every idea he has. Just it needs to be filtered through someone like human. I can't say I that. He's, I, I, I don't mark once and he thinks he's just this god. It's I, just so weird. Like he has good ideas, but it needs it's like just he poor needs execution. An editor. Yeah, it's always just poor execution. Like this I, I whole can't movie think that I've uh, ever I don't know if I've ever seen Hannibal. I think I've seen Red Dragon. I don't know if I've seen Hannibal. Hannibal. Yeah, so does this kill your desire to like go back and see Red Dragon? No, I'll watch Red Dragon because I think it's an enti- another different director. I, I and I'm still I'm interested. Sure like, like Hannibal's not a bad movie. It's just going from Silence of the Lambs, which is just like it's perfect. It, it's right. like there's nothing about that movie I would change. Like even today, like that's one of those things where like when I watch Alien now, I'm like, okay, I get it, but. Aliens is a better movie as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you there. I kind of like Aliens more than I like Alien. Yeah, and it's just like looking back then, it's like, okay, if I saw that sitting in theaters, I'd be like, oh, man, this is crazy. But now it's like, okay, well, first off, James Cameron came around, took your idea, made it better. Just other film, like you you kind of, like I said, Ridley Scott's really great with ideas and he lays the groundwork really well. And now we have like 20 other sci-fi horror movies that I think do what Alien did better. He's an idea guy. you gotta guy. respect the original. Yeah, he's an idea guy, yeah. Well, didn't he direct the new ones? Uh, yeah, he did uh, Prometheus and and uh, Alien Covenant. Yeah, and those are Which are both, shit. I like Prometheus okay. But yeah, Covenant's a bad movie. We're <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> watching that in theaters, just being like, "What the fuck has happened to this franchise?" But but that's the difference when you look at someone who's a legitimately good filmmaker is that Silence of the Lambs is so much older, and you can still look back at it and be like, "Wow, this is incredibly modern for what it is." And there's there's still like look like this much time separated. I'm not like ooh, but you know, so and so did this part better, and like I would change this, this or this because we know more about like how we want movies to be made now. Like it's it that didn't happen with this, and that's what's so shocking, and that's what's so funny about watching Hannibal. Where I'm like, man, really, Scott's just not a good director. <laughs> like, it's just I don't know what else to say. Like this story was just kind of nonsense, which is sad because like the book apparently like there's 
it's one of those things where he they like specifically cut like so much out of the book where it's like like prominent main characters are just not even in this film. No shit. Uh, yeah, like like characters pivotal to the story, and he, he just kind of almost went for like more of an action movie kind of take, which is really odd. Uh, Hannibal Lecter is a character still good. There are there's still good moments in the movie, but so much of it is just dragged down by like trying to be this weird, almost like spy espionage thing. I, I don't know. It's it's really odd. Uh, but yeah, I'm still gonna watch Red Dragon. But it was just it was just so funny, like the how bad of a taste is left in my mouth after like such a good film. <laughs> I can just, taste like, it. Two days before. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. But uh, yeah, so I'm sure I'll be talking about Red Dragon next week. That's still on my list uh, of the next thing I want to watch. And then at some point I'll start Hannibal season three. And then that'll that'll really tie a bow on my time with Mr. Lecter. <laughs> cool. Dr. Lecter. How dare you? How dare you? Yeah, he's, he's how dare you? Know, so he's I wouldn't want him to be offended. the man's name. <laughs> I wouldn't want him to be offended. Uh, and... Well, what else? What else we got going on, guys? I mean, we. Well, I was gonna say you guys finally watched High Fidelity, so I want to know. Mm-hmm. Tell me what we you guys did. think about it. We like, did. I watched the... as you guys know, is it's a Drew ass show, so I want to know what you guys think. And I want to know if you found that second thing I'm talking about. What? What? Ep- was I only supposed to watch the first two episodes? Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was in the second episode. I, I really enjoyed it. I'm gonna continue watching it. It's something I, I really, like I said, I oh, enjoy. Oh, you didn't finish it yet. No, I, oh. I, I'm going to like... <laughs> I thought you finished it, my bad. I did too, yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's pretty It's pretty like close to the book, so I'm, I'm sure I kind of know what happens. Unless... Yeah, it was, a, it was a pretty easy binge watch. Yeah, it's, it's a very... That's the only reason I finished it. Yeah, no, I just, I liked it, so I'm kind of going to save it as one of those shows that I sit down and really just when I, you know, when I'm feeling down or maybe I just really want to watch something that I like. It's, it's a good show, Drew. I, like I said, very well done. <laughs> but but I do like Nick Hornby. I didn't Hornby, make it. Don't you know? give me the credit. <laughs> yeah, you, you found it, so you get credit for it. But I, I really I, do like I Nick mean, Hornby and, and his books yeah. and stuff. I, I've made that pretty clear. So I'll say it was good. I wouldn't go so far as to say pretty good or really good or that. It was good. <laughs> I think it's, it's episode length helps it because it is one where it's like each episode kind of has – a plot and we we can get through it quickly yeah 45 it, it, minutes it's one of those shows i would be too much it, it benefits from having no filler which i give it credit for like it's so easy especially for yeah. a show like this where it's like a will they won't they and blah mm-hmm. and I, i'm sure being partly based on that book helps that I, i've never read the book i've it's only a, seen the the john cusack a, movie it's a pretty true adaptation of the book as far as i from what gotcha. i remember <clears throat> uh, i will say episode one was kind of hard to get through just because I was, it, I was having difficulty getting over the hump of how similar it was to the movie, where I was like, "Oh my god, this is just going to be a filler full, like, retelling of the film." Down to the like, some of the lines being the same, which of course is because the lines are not a new script they were written; it's from a book which they both adapted, so it makes sense. Yeah. Yes, but I was still just like, "Oh my god, they just made Rob a girl," and. I'm going to have to watch a really long version of a movie I love. <laughs> I get what you're and saying. It, and I definitely had all those same ideas and thoughts going. going but once in, I got into yeah. episode two, that all flew out the window. I yeah. had no problem with it. Yeah, it got, because it, because of the form of the series, they get to fit all those other character moments and plot that were probably in the book that just weren't able to fit <laughs> Ethan, into a 90 minute movie. Episode one. No, I watched episode one and two. 
Okay. How yeah, do you he did I, your homework I, that you assigned him? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no more, no less. <laughs> well, well I personally also... loved like in episode two, just like the right off the bat that argument about Michael Jackson. Yes, that was the whole. Oh, that absolutely. Was great. <laughs> that was like an argument that any of us would have had with a number of people. For sure. The whole idea of separating the art from the artist and like where is that line drawn? <laughs> mm-hmm. And honestly, what I had was, which was a really fucked up example, is. Uh, <laughs> My uh, the one that hits me the hardest is that band Lost Profits, where the fucking lead singer went oh, to jail for some horrific yeah. crimes, okay. and they were like one of my favorite bands. Yeah, I won't get into how like what it is just for the it's sake of like up. I don't like yeah. to bring it up. No, it's I can disgusting. look it up. Yeah, it's fine. But um, like they were like up there with like Lincoln Park is like my favorite bands like of all time for a long time, mm. and it's still one of those things I cannot listen to their music anymore. I just can't wow. do it. Man, it must be pretty and bad. I have I got <laughs> one as well. Um, so it's 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 a it's a it's a Cosby thing. So like I still have I have I have one Cosby record, and it's like brothers it's like stories i used to tell my brother or something like that and the only reason i have is because i have such a great memory attached to it is to where like uh it's when me and my family drove up to michigan from uh drove from texas to michigan to go spend christmas uh with my uh grandparents and uh that whole trip was just like kind of a nightmare because it was such a long drive and then like once we got into michigan we hit like this long just really hard blizzard and everything like that and it took us so you know we were driving in the car for hours and getting nowhere right yeah and so we were in the car for so long that uh you know we went to go get something to eat and uh we stopped at we stopped at a restaurant called bob evans you've probably seen a bob evans frozen food product in your grocery store i think the only reason i've ever heard of bob evans was a week ago that senator was on a, a video clip on Twitter where he was like, "Coronavirus ain't that serious. If you want to go out and go to Bob Evans for dinner, go to Bob Evans oh, for dinner." Wow! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like your stereotypical fat Republican dude balding and shit. And you're just like, "Oh no, don't. That's bad advice. Don't tell your yeah." Sorry, because I had no yeah. idea what a Bob Evans. <laughs> and I had never heard of Bob Evans before that. So, was that like a Piggly Wiggly or? <laughs> akin it to like an IHOPs or a Denny's. Oh, oh okay. Um, Just a diner kind of Yeah, place. it's like a diner. I thought it was a grocery <laughs> <But> store. Like, <laughs> no. uh, where I was getting at, though, is we go into this Bob Evans, and we had, you know, we had been in the car for, you know, 10 plus hours that day. Maybe, maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit. Uh, but we were all just kind of crazy, and we were sitting at the Bob Evans, and for some reason, we all just started laughing our asses off. For like ten minutes, it just just losing our minds because we we had been in the car all day, and so like anytime I look at that record, I just I think of that memory, and that memory means so much to me. Mm-hmm. But I never play it, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So all of that is to say, high fidelity is okay. I, it's better. <laughs> I liked it. It's better. Yeah. Than I thought it was going to be. It was I an easy like watch. The book. It turns out apparently. So uh, you know that's yeah. good. Uh, I will say. I think it would be ever so slightly better if John Cusack and Jack Black and like everybody in that movie Maybe were just cameo. like, you know, like no, in yeah. a series, but it would have had to have been made when the movie was made because they're all too old now. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I did like this, the new developments for the, the side characters um, that are like that she works with at the yeah. record store. Uh, I love that episode 
that was that centered around um, the guy. Uh, what's the guy's name? I don't remember. Uh, I can't think of it, but uh, I love that he got like an episode because I, I feel like I yeah, recognize yeah. the actor, but I can't think of who it is. But his episode was really, really good. Mm-hmm. And it kind of did his inner monologue for a little bit. And like he talked about like his version of him and Rob's breakup. Top five and, breakups, yeah. Yeah, yeah, his top five breakups all being the same guy at like different points in their relationship. Yeah, I thought was really clever, and I wonder if that's in the book or not because that felt like something. I'm like, that's a weird like segue to make in a book if the book is like mostly Rob's inner monologue. But it kind of got me interested to see if because clearly they're moving, they're going to do a season two of this, Absolutely. and I, I don't know how that. Like I said, never read the book, so I don't know what the ending is like. I read some people were complaining about the ending and didn't like it, but none of that clicked with me. Um, the so ending maybe, felt very much kind of like uh, a rom com. Yeah, <laughs> sure, but like I, every once in a while, you like that cheesy shit. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, I people, hope in, if there is a season like two that pitch. we we get a we get a similar <laughs> episode with the the woman that Rob works with. I, I think that would be oh, a really cool one. Oh, whatever. Her she's, character's yeah. really good. Yeah. yeah. Really I wasn't great. sold on her in episode one because mostly because I'm just like, uh, no episode two, the Michael Jack Jackson Black, argument but, really fucking sold me on her. Oh yeah. And just, she's just your pinnacle sassy black woman, but like her, and her character is much deeper than that too. Like you get some really, <laughs> some really good emotional moments with her, especially Absolutely. in the last episode, the yeah. whole scene with her and that dude with the Shazam on his phone. I was, that was it. I was done. I was like, Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, fuck you use a fucking app named Shazam. Just I'm Shazam. Yeah. yeah. You could have just like, asked me. You can't open your fine ass mouth and ask. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I was sold. I was, I was, that was it. Okay. Was <laughs> but I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you, I'll go ahead and tell you the second Jurassic Drew moment. And you pretty much called it out right at the beginning, Travis, oh, uh, in episode two, whenever they go to the bodega, the bodega, the, the cashier, of the bodega is wearing an MF doom hoodie. Oh, I, well, yeah, because I gave you shit. I was like, I bet the other fucking reference is just somewhere. MF Doom is in there some reason. <laughs> yeah. where, oh. wow. And Andrew's like, no, I'm not telling you. And it's sure enough, yeah. They're so fucking. <laughs> So basic. Oh man! Oh, like someone you. did like the randomize on the character creator, but then left everything at default except for like two things. <laughs> and one of your two, one of your two things is MF Doom. Like, I hate you Doom so much. That's so accurate. I hate you so much. <sighs> yeah, high fidelity is good. Um, Ethan, I was kind of excited that you decided to start Devs. I did. Yeah, it that was made really, me that made me really happy. It was a really good show. I th- I was I was concerned because what the I first episode. The first episode's like sixty minutes, right? Almost. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, okay, that's a lot, but no, it just it kept. I was like, oh man, I want to know what happens. I was like, oh shit, I can't believe fucking Nick Offerman did that. And I was like, oh my god, it was. I was. Yeah, I don't want to get into spoilers because this is a show that's still running. But uh, I was just, I wanted someone like you to say, "Ooh, it was good," because not that like. I have tastes. No, I know you do, but it, that's what I mean. No, I mean I have very specific tastes. So sometimes, yeah, yeah. No, go ahead. And I, I feel like this show is going to be one that's kind of a thinker. And I was worried that it might turn you off too quickly. Like I was no. worried that it might take you all day to get through sixty minutes, and then you're like, oh, I'm never going to watch episode two. No, I really. But it grabbed you. Uh, yeah, I was really in. Just I couldn't look away. I. I um, the the latter it, part of it, sorry, the latter part of episode one kind of was a little bit like, all right, I want to just kind of know more about what's going on, but you know, I was still like 
whoa and oh my yeah. god <laughs> sorry i'm terrible at describing things um yeah, I have there's, some I, scenes in, there's some scenes in episode one that just kind of like they linger it's got a lot of those moments where it's giving you time to think about what just happened and stuff well and it even the almost very, reminds me a lot of two like the garage scene in postal yeah totally <laughs> just like the garage scene in well like so the the way that it the first episode starts with just those scenes of like i think there's a shot of a bridge and um there's a shot of like uh, a homeless man i think yelling at like his van or something and just like the music that was behind, like with it was just so just intense and like pulls you in and i think they even do that a little bit later on in the episode two where it's just like these beautiful shots of just Mm -hmm. you know stuff going on and then they have this intense music that just grabs you and almost just like shakes you by the shoulders and it's just like oh pay attention to me it's really good um i haven't watched season uh, or episode two yet so i'm i'm looking forward to it and i'm glad you put uh you got more episodes and or more episodes came out yeah, I put two and three on. I mean, I watched. Yeah, I put on two and three yesterday. I want to yeah. watch episode four tonight. But one thing that's really nice about the show is that it is a mini series. So, like, when it's done, it's done. Oh. I think it's eight or ten episodes. Ooh. It might be ten because I think it's five weeks and two episodes a week. So, will I get like um, an actual conclusion? Oh, I like how doing that. Yeah, yeah, you will. And Ooh. what's also really nice and something like rarely that. happens with this kind of stuff, but Alex Garland wrote and directed every single episode. So it's not so like, it's like you're going to get the vision. style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you won't get like his style in episode one and two, and then everyone else just tries to like mimic it. Cool. Like he's di- he was directly involved with every episode. So, uh, and he like yeah, he just does some killer, killer fucking sci-fi. Yeah, and yeah. Now those- I uh, get why you were mentioning Annihilation in the Slack. I just googled him. He's the director, right? Yeah, so- exactly. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, and you put and that Annihilation on my radar has also. a lot of those. It has a lot of those moments, too, where it's just, like, really beautiful scenes that can be kind of, like, fucked up and just, like, some really crazy music going on. Like, yeah. I, he that tends to work with the same composer. Oh, yeah. Don't spoil it because, yeah, Ethan's going to watch it. But, yeah, yeah. Oh, but, dude, but no, yeah, like, you'll love that. The one really intense scene in episode one, Travis, where, like, the first really bad thing happens, I was like, oh, my God, that's just terrible. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah so awesome. Awesome show. Can't wait for it to continue and i can't wait for it to finish i love getting like a an end to something and not just be like cliffhanger yeah i have to that's what i liked i'm sorry drew go ahead (laughs) no you're fine uh i was gonna say i just have to re i I have to rewatch episode one because i was watching it last night but i was just so tired that i kind of was falling asleep in and out but what i did saw i liked a lot Mm -hmm. yeah i was gonna say it uh it reminds me just uh of the show sharp objects that was on hbo last year just in that it was like one condensed miniseries, like right from the get-go. They weren't trying to be like, oh, here, this is going to be a season two. And I think it was the same thing where like the same writer-director was involved with the whole thing. And it just you could really tell when it's like just one voice throughout a show like that. It just uh, really helps elevate it all, yeah. I think. Make but, it more but, Oh, but that's a good segue for mine because the Katie, the blonde girl, She's actually yeah. in Picard, which I watched and catched up on a little bit this week, too. And I thought that was really cool. So it was like, oh, my God, seeing her in this place and then seeing her in this. That's OK. I was yeah. wondering because like as soon as she came on screen, I was like, I know you. I don't know where I know you. And it's bugging the fuck out of me. <laughs> yeah, maybe well, you've seen her in like a promo. Newsroom? Maybe. Wait, wait, wait. No. On HBO. Probably it was not. called The Newsroom. Probably not. Uh, 
it had three seasons. The main character was, uh, shit, not Jeff Bridges, but uh, I was. Oh, mi- I know who you're talking about. The guy that was on the Full guy House. From Dumb and yeah, and Full House. Yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. I the only the only reason I know that show was because I think it was whenever it first debuted. The first episode, he goes on that really long speech of why like America's not great or something. Oh yeah, it's so. Oh man, it's still so. It's like so poignant even now. It's an Alex uh, Alan Sorkin show, so like you can just gather like what the writing is going to be like especially if you've ever watched something like the west wing or whatever but anyway uh yeah the girl that you like from card ethan that's in devs she's like a one of the main cast throughout all of the newsroom and that's the first thing i ever saw her in and she was really that, yeah I, I don't think i had known her from anything else before i saw her in picard and now in devs but it was just really neat to see in a, a character that i enjoy in one show and another and i guess everybody really likes oh that. for sure uh, but also, I don't know about you guys, but like whenever like Nick Offerman first shows up in uh, devs during that meeting, I kind of laughed when he's just like shoving baby spinach in his face. Yeah, yeah. that was a little weird. Him just like <laughs> him just like stuffing watercress and spinach in his mouth. Yeah, that was that was a little odd. But you know, yeah. whatever. Easy. I thought it was kind of funny just because like we've known him for so long. He's Ron Swanson, and here he is, <laughs> this long-haired hippie guy, just like shoving spinach down his throat. He's progressing. Allison Hill, Hill is that girl's name. She. He was in uh, Scott Pilgrim. That's the other thing I know her from. Oh, that's right. It. That's yeah. what, oh, she's in the band. Caitlin she's yeah. the drummer. She was the girl. Yeah. That, oh, my God. I can't believe for, for, I forgot about that. That's so true. <laughs> that's how I know her. Yes. But anyway, one of the episodes of Picard that was recent was the episode I've been looking forward to. It uh, it had uh, Commander Riker and uh, Deanna Troy, the characters from the Star Trek Next Generations. There was this big, you know, reunion and stuff. And getting to see them again was really, really fun. And they're all so old and oh, it's nice. just, it's so just is, great. <laughs> are they doing that a lot with Picard where a lot of old characters are like old actors are reprising their roles? Yeah. For, for a couple of them, I, I have to imagine towards the end, I'll probably see uh, what Jordy LaForge or the guy from reading rainbow. And uh, I can't imagine. Oh, them, oh I know. I his can't name. imagine. I know his name. Uh, know his name. Worf not oh. showing up either, but I don't, I don't know what's happened to those characters, so maybe you know, maybe something happened to them. But that's that's pretty much all I've been watching this weekend. You guys watched a pretty, pretty big movie. Hold on, just one second before we start talking about this. It's gonna bug the fuck out of me. Okay, Lavar Burton. Thank Lavar. God I found out. <laughs> Holy shit, yes. that was gonna bug me so bad. The guy the with one the visor. Year, <laughs> yes, the one year that I went to Comic Palooza, he was there, and I was like, I was so close to like. That was the only person I wanted to meet Dude. because I loved reading Rainbow as a kid. Shut up. I know. That's my <laughs> one regret. <laughs> but what did you guys think of 1917? A movie that uh, I look forward I, to watching pretty soon. It's incredible. Like, it's really well done, beautifully shot. But I know Travis is probably going to go more on depth in it than I will. But uh, the one thing I say is just with these like one shot kind of movies, you know, where it's supposed to be like in one take, like I love, I'm so into them the first time, but I don't think I'll go back and rewatch this. Really? Okay. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet, so so I might feel the same exact way afterwards. I don't know. It's just like, because I remember when Birdman or whatever the unnecessarily long title of that movie is. Uh, I love, I was obsessed with it. Well, I wouldn't say obsessed, but I was just zoned into it the first time I watched it. And then, you know, a few months later, I, I was like, oh yeah, I want to watch Birdman again. It just didn't hit with me the same way. And so yeah, I feel like I 1917 is going to do that. So 
I mean, I come from the side of it where like it takes me a long time to want to rewatch anything. So like, <laughs> I, I I'm sure in ten years when I decide to randomly put 1917 on, I'll still <laughs> enjoy it again. But yeah, I, I'm with you. Yeah, it's it's clearly a very beautiful movie. Um, beautifully shot, I should say. It's not a very beautiful movie. It's it's very grimy and dirty, and yeah. these two kids it's, are it's doing almost, their best. It's almost to get scary. To going. Oh yeah, it's incredibly scary and incredibly suspenseful. It. Yeah. I think it really does capture like how frightening that situation would actually be. It felt like, very this is not like some action packed war movie. Yeah. yeah. Like you start off in these, everyone around these two kids that are given this like order are just like, all right, you're probably going to die. It's very doubtful that you're going to actually make it, but we <laughs> hope you will because otherwise it's either the two of you die or like 1600 British soldiers die. So hopefully you make it decisions. It, decisions. This is hopeless. This is a suicide yeah. mission. In and everyone you ever they ever inter- interact with says that to them. Yeah, and they they do a, such a good job of getting that across right off the bat because again, like this whole movie is basically set in trenches, and yeah. then after they get out of the trench, they're in no man's land, which is just dead bodies and bombed out like muddy craters. I will say that first step into no man's land was just like almost akin to like the first whenever I first stepped out of the vault out of like vault 76 and, and fallout three to where like, fuck, this is, like, this is something different, like, or not yeah. different, but like, this is intense. Yeah. And yeah, like I, I think they do such a good job of explaining just how like desperate this whole situation is like right off the bat. One of the things that happens is this, <clears throat> excuse me, this guy is, with his buddy and they're walking and he happens to get his hand stuck in some razor wire and just like punctures a hole through his fucking hand. And so right away it's, and he's just like bleeding out of this thing. And right away you're just like, Oh my God, like this is like the show. how Yeah. He's already taken like, Damage. I mean, if you want to like talk about like hit points, he's already but it's taken like, a bunch of damage. He's already been Anybody hurt. Got a health just yeah, man. This simple act of and like trying to get over like a a hump. It's nineteen seventeen. That shit will fall off, yeah, right? I mean, it, sure. that's the thing too. Is you're looking at them and like these, they have not washed their hands in forever. Oh, they are very dirty. Oh, Jesus. Uh, What's going on just, right now? Yeah. Um, like I think at one point he like literally like he grabs on like this rotting body. It's some like with that hand, and oh, so you're just like, yeah, okay, no, like, that, that if this guy gets dumb. where he's going, he's losing the arm at some point in the uh, future, the very near future. That's done. Right. Yeah. And um, yeah, just everything just feels so just, yeah, just desperate. And, and then there are some like really beautiful moments of the film, too. Like, uh, there's a scene where after they get past the first German front line, because the whole premise of the film is that. The is World War One. Germans have evacuated. It's said World War One. There's a specific <laughs> battle going on. The Germans have evacuated their line, and the British army has decided, okay, well, now we're going to chase after them and crush them while they're in a, in their escape, while their like backs are turned to us, and we think we can get this. Well, a day before this attack launches, they get aerial reports that say that oh no, they haven't actually retreated. They formed a second line further down, like a mile away. And they've got like another sixteen hundred soldiers with them than Fuck. they had before. Yeah. And so basically they've set a trap 
where if the UK army decides to go forward, they're just going to get slaughtered because they have so many more, so much more men, so much more artillery than they think they are have going to have when they start the attack. And so these two guys are basically, you need to go there, get to the new British front line as fast as possible to tell them to call off this attack or like thousands of people are going to die. And so that's the whole premise of the film is it's, they're trying to get from point A to point B. And <clears throat> after they cross through the first German front line that's been abandoned, they're in this uh, underground tunnel that collapses because of some booby traps that have been set up. And they barely get out of that alive and they cross over and they're working their way down uh, across the land. And they come to this abandoned farmstead that's just covered in cherry blossom trees. Yeah. And there's this really, cool. really sweet moment where like the two kids finally have like a chance to talk and they're not like, frightened for their lives they're still frightened because on at any point of these hill lines there could be a sniper set up or just somebody hidden somewhere that could kill them very easily but they have this like brief moment where like everything's calm and he's just like talking about cherry blossoms and his other buddy's like well how do you know so much about him he's like oh well my we live on a farm and you know these it's like these people are getting to know each other for the first time even though they like have may establish that they're brothers in arms mm -hmm. and have been together together for a long time but they're finally getting to like know each other yeah, and it's just this like great moment before again like catastrophe strikes, and I the won't say what happens for when storm, you watch the movie, yeah. but uh, just yeah, it, very very good movie, exhilarating to watch. Uh, I made a joke earlier, I think on Slack, maybe I just told someone else, but I was basically like, I'm glad I didn't see it in theaters for the single reason that like my jaw was dropped like for like the solid. 20 minute ending of the movie <laughs> and I, i'm sure i would have looked like a fucking idiot just like the shit that is happening and again the fact that it's all just this single cut like there's a sequence at the end of the film that like would have been worth the ticket price just yeah. to like walk into a theater and watch that for 20 sure. minutes yeah it's funny you say that about your jaw open the whole time or for at least 10 minutes that's exactly how I was watching cats in theaters the whole time. My mouth, <laughs> for a way worse my mouth was just fucking open. I couldn't believe my eyes. My brain couldn't process what my eyes were seeing in front of me. Jesus. What, uh, what a movie. Anyway. Well, uh, I will say there's one scene that kind of took me out of what I was experiencing. And I will. It, I think I'm I know what scene you're talking about. It's There's a moment where he's gone through this town and he finds like a woman who's been like sheltered away and she has like a child that's not her, like a baby yeah. that's not hers that like, she's been trying to keep safe. It is like this like down time kind of humanizing moment, but, but that's actually not the scene that I was talking about. Oh, okay. Well then which one? Um, the plane crash. Oh well, kind that's the whole point where I said there was is a spoiler. I didn't want to go into what happened. Well, you then. didn't have to say what what the spoiler was. I just said I the plane crash. The anyway, plane crash took you out of it. Though. Anyway, it goes to the nineteen seventeen. I'm going. Well, to now see I want it. to hear why he okay. said it took it. All out right, of it. all right. He's right. going to be spoiler friendly. He's going to be spoiler friendly. <laughs> that's fine. It just whenever the plane was crashing, it just if I can if I'm going to use this right, I hopefully I am. It felt a little uncanny valley to me, to where it looked so good, it kind of took me out of it. Oh, it just didn't really look like the plane was crashing into the farm that they were in. It just, Ethan can understand that. I'll understand that's it. That's just yeah. me. I'll tell you. I'll, that's I'll just me. Okay. I'll tell no, you if I, it's a real I, plane or not when I watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it looked – I thought that scene was fine. The one that took me out of it was uh, there's a point where they where he's in that truck 
with the the other regiment that he stumbles on mm-hmm. and they they're riding and they have to get out at one point because they're like oh this bridge is down we have to go the long way and he's like i don't have time i have to leave here right and he, he sent him on his way when they're standing outside it's very clearly like a big cgi background yeah because you can even I see the trees are kind of repeating sure. yeah and like the depth of field is just a bit too strong which is probably just to cover up the fact that it looks like a cgi green screen mm. but i can forgive certain things like that because like the whole point too is because it's single shot you probably you're picking up on those a lot more easily yeah because that's the thing that keep like you're so immersed in the shot that any bit of cg could kind of come off yeah like you said is uncanny valley like you know that's just not how that would look yeah uh it, those are the moments that look like a camera filming something versus you're in the scene yeah i remember but it's that like, in my first it, it's screen. such yeah. a small complaint in such a great movie yeah, you know. for sure. But now, Ethan, I was I was honestly <laughs> go see, I was, everyone I was, go see nineteen seventeen and do the ball. ball. <laughs> I was actually just going to ask if y'all had see, just seen anything else worth mentioning. I w- I wasn't really moving on yet. No, I haven't really. Uh, I, I saw the premiere of the latest season of Westworld. Yeah. Um, I don't have a whole lot to say about three, it because right? I don't want to spoil it for anyone. Yeah, season three. Uh, I just wanted to throw that in there just because it's out. Yeah, that was watch season it. three of Westworld um, premieres. Premiered. Let me ask you this: Do you think I should just watch like a story recap of season two and then go into no, season just three? watch season two? <laughs> okay. I know, I know. All right, fine. Instead of watching like your fucking stupid animals show or whatever, animals or, like it's always sunny show. in Philadelphia Beast for the fourteenth like, time. Yes, I know. Like just instead of like I know I see what you do all day at your apartment. <laughs> You can put on something and you can like just watch it. You don't have to have it on the background while you do some other dumb thing. Like just sit down and watch Westworld. It'll be fine. Okay. Watch a story recap. Jesus Christ. And with that, it's time to move on with the news that happened this week. Uh, what's the beat on the street? Do 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 do. That whatever. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> The, a couple of big movie stars uh, got coronavirus, and we uh, we saw about it. I just wanted to kind of let everybody know: uh, Rita Wilson and her husband Tom Hanks, uh, along with Idris Elba. Uh, no what? Oh uh, no way! No, yeah, totally, they did. And um, also, a huge amount of like NBA people got it, which was oh no! I just I don't know. It's just kind of weird. That like so many I know NBA it's weird people for the amount of travel that they do for the amount of people they interact it's with. It's almost like yeah, it's, 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 it's a weird big deal. That they're, like, they're always in, in like contact with tons of people. I know. Right? It's almost like it's a big deal and we should actually take it seriously. Uh, well, and then like, who also has it that's in the subject of our that's it, that's in the movie that we're talking about today? Oh yeah, you said you Kevin Klein. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Timothy no, Elephant. No, uh Olga Kurilenko. Was who? Olga yeah, Kurilenko. God bless you. Who? <laughs> Olga. Is Curry, that the, is that the uh, girl? Was that the girl with no, the dragon? No, I just don't know who that is. Was that the girl with the dragon tattoo? That's the girl with the face dragon tattoo. Yeah, the girl with the, with the, dragon. With the dragon tattoo is Kate Mara. <laughs> no, I think you didn't. You didn't hear what I said. The girl with the face dragon tattoo in the movie we watched. I wanted him we're to gonna say talk that. about later. No, that's what I wanted. Him to say. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, you're right. It's Rooney Mara. Kate Mara is her sister. She wasn't in the girl with the dragon tattoo. It was, it was Rooney Mara. She's got coronavirus? That's terrible. Uh, this is what happens when Travis has access to his own computer when we're recording. But um, also, randomly, Jared Leto comes out of a 12-day meditation retreat 
isolation complex thing in the desert with what I can assume is his closest friends. And he had no idea that this was going on. And he was just like, what a weird... (laughs) Did you see the tweet? No. He's just been on shrooms at the Joshua Tree. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I watched like an H3 clip of, of, of them talking about this. And it's just like what Jared Luna is doing is basically starting a cult. Oh, dude, I, I would join. Do I get and, to and basically he do I get to see him on his tweet? Did you see that tweet? He says it. He, he goes, he posts uh, like, he I posts, thought like, that it was like a complex like, him speaking and like, uh, like a bunch of people in white shirts around him and they're everyone's in white. And he goes, this is a cult. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I'm looking up Jared Leto cult application. Yeah. I'm about to, to say, see um, I can do. <laughs> Is there like an outfit that question, comes with it? Do you like, like thirty seconds to Mars? Do I get like I a love thirty seconds to Mars? Yeah. Do I get like a poncho or something? Like what's the? What's, do some I moccas- get a poncho? Maybe some like moccasins that I have to make myself. But like he gives you the stuff or something. What? I mean, man, what? this isn't a cult. It's like a giant like Jared Leto <laughs> is gonna like play acoustic guitar around you for a little while thing. There's probably just like a big music video shoot. There's a dude here wearing a oh, Marvel man. shirt. Awesome. It just, it just <laughs> happens to be white. This just looks like a 30 Seconds of Mars concert to me. I don't see anything weird about this at all. I've been to one of these. I think I might already be in this cult. I just Uh-oh. wasn't wearing white shirts. Uh-oh. Dude, half these people aren't even wearing white. <laughs> this one's got a purse. This one's got like a red t-shirt on. This is... Oh, it just says 30 seconds. Oh, this is from 30 Seconds Mars actual Twitter account. I see. <laughs> I, I think they're being a little tongue in cheek here. Jesus. Uh, Travis, Woo. since you, you wrote the next story, would you like to read it or? Oh, uh, sure. Sorry, I, I'm about done with the first beer. Oh, boy. Uh, That's fine. It's, we're we're free format, man. You're a little bit goofy. It's uh, it's heavy hands from Spindle Tap. It's eight percent. It's a nice hazy IPA. It's good. I'm enjoying Ooh. it. Uh, the can has Mario. Oh, and, I've had heavy hands. That's, yeah, I had that glass. Like, uh, yeah, I've had heavy my... hands before. They were awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, thanks, Dad. It's, really it's the Punch Out. <laughs> really like, good for jerking off. <laughs> and the guy from Punch Out is on the can, but instead of boxing gloves, he's got little hops nuggets on him. Oh, that's, cool. that's cute. U.S. box office drops 97% year over year to a historic low, with only 440 theaters open across the U.S., posting a $300,000 cumulative box office across all releases this past Wednesday. Major movie theaters chains such as AMC, Cinemark, Regal, and Alamo Drafthouse have all closed their doors completely. While some drive-in movie theaters chains have chosen to remain open, the Hollywood Reporter suggests analysts say $300,000 is no doubt the lowest number in modern history for a single weekday. Around a fifth of Wednesday's box office take actually went to Onward, Pixar's latest animation film. So, uh, yeah, yeah, this, this is like the last week for new movies, I think. I think we're officially done. Nothing else is going into theaters, obviously, because they're all closed. Yeah. Uh, the drive-ins are probably just going to play whatever they happen to have on hand. Uh, you're not going to see first, like first-run movies there, but if you're feeling stir crazy, I guess you could go find your local drive-in and park at least six feet away from the next car. <laughs> well, I think, I think the point is you have the car in between. <laughs> it's car separation. <laughs> sure, sure. 
Well, it just depends. Where are you sitting in the passenger seat and the and you know in the driver's seat and someone else the trunk? in the passenger seat? Yeah, the well, trunk. <laughs> you're probably already self isolating with the people that are in the house with you and stuff like that. So. Yeah, dude, just put that air on recirculate and you're good. Oh, yeah. No, you're not supposed to idle your car in a car park, Drew. Oh. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> you but, get to have the windows rolled down and use the natural air outside. Uh, Today would be a good day for it too. It's actually nice and cool out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really Rainy. chilling down out there. I don't know why, but uh, yeah, with those low numbers and dealing with all the closures, uh, Onward will be available for a digital download tonight, uh, March 20th is the date, uh, along with a couple of other movies, uh, The Hunt. That was, uh, that was last night. Was that last night? Is today the 21st? Yep. Wow, well, it doesn't matter. It'll be out by the time you listen to this. Uh, <laughs> along with a couple of other movies, uh, The Hunt, The Invisible Man, which, I mean. Bloodshot. But yeah, Bloodshot. Blood, Bloodshot doesn't come out until the 24th. I feel like Bloodshot would be an ability in the new Doom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Bloodshot, the new Vin Diesel action comic book thriller, will follow suit and releasing on digital uh, download on March 24th alongside uh, The Gentleman with Matthew McConaughey. And there's a couple of other big names in there, but uh, you know Matthew McConaughey is all you need. And also The Birds of Prey with Margot Robbie. And the way back. Is it the Birds of Prey or is it just Birds of Prey? Birds of Prey. Yeah. Birds of Prey, whatever. Uh, and also, the, the way back. emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with Which Ben Affleck. I remember I was listening to like an episode of like Doug Lowe's movies and they were shitting on that title and I was like, I kind of like that title. I'm I like a little it wordy, but I like it. It puts yeah. Harley Quinn in there, is what it does. It's all it does. And then <laughs> it's like those old emo song titles. Yeah. They're yeah. like a booklet of dialogue. I long. know. <laughs> this is why half the reason I loved emo back in the day. And then Sonic comes speeding into digital download on March 31st, which is because he's fast. Because he's fast. Because Sonic's fast. fast. I'm really excited for Trolls World Tour to come out because I like that. That's the, that movie franchise. Ugh. It's got Justin, really? Tim- it's got Justin Timberlake in it. It's got Justin Timberlake in it, so goddammit. You like Shrek 4 too? Uh, That's got Justin Timberlake in it. Forever after? I think so. Yes. Yeah, actually. <laughs> what's what's your point? Yeah, but I, I think all of these digital releases, this is like a really interesting thing because obviously uh it for the last few years there's been an idea of you know, all, like will movie studios because of streaming services and just the the infrastructure's there for people to buy things digitally and watch movies from the comfort of their home and still pay like a ticket price or even more because a lot of these are all going to be like twenty dollars. Yeah, and uh, I, at least the ones that would be in theaters normally. And it's only for rent, right? You don't get to actually like keep these. No, yeah, it's for rent for yeah. sure because it, like unless until the movie officially like releases on DVD, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to like own it. Well, I don't think that's true. I'm pretty it. sure it's twenty dollars to buy the digital copy of the movie. Really? Well, I know I on so. I know Onward was only available to rent, and then they're releasing it on Disney Plus. Oh, sorry, uh, you're right. Third? I looked up uh, I looked up the Invisible Man, and it says yeah, premiering now at home. Select your favorite digital digital d- retailer to rent for forty eight hours. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So y'all I mean, are correct. That's I mean, the price of a movie ticket for a couple that that's around twenty dollars, right, for a standard movie theater. Yeah, I mean, I mean, hell, depending on where you are in the country, twenty dollars is a single ticket. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oof, yeah. Depending on the screen you're seeing and what you're Here doing, it's like fifteen bucks. 
It depends. I mean, if you're going to see like IMAX or yeah, so or whatever, IMAX it could get up there. Does yeah. it say whether or not you can like download it in like 4K or like I assume uh, just HD? I know. I believe Onward is streaming in 4K mm-hmm. on Movies Anywhere. I think The Invisible Man. I don't think it's on Movies Anywhere. Um, I'm sure it varies by movie and right, which platform right, right. you buy it on. Because I think Google Play is doing a lot more 4K streaming now. Mm-hmm. It just depends on your your platform. I'm but sure yeah, we'll tell can, you in the description to yeah, which one it is. Yeah. So if you want to see any of those movies that, I mean, were you were gonna either see them in the theater or wait. No, I, think I might rent The Invisible Man. Dude, I mean, there's plenty of people that probably, I mean, they'd probably see a lot more of these movies as they came out like for streaming day and yeah, date when they're in theaters for sure. Because there's the whole idea of of FOMO, fear of missing out, right? and there's the yeah. idea of just in general people wanting to be part of the conversation, but they just don't like. <laughs> Going the out. movie theater situation, yeah, or maybe they don't have a theater near them, or, or like like the way I like going to see movies at Alamo Draft House because you're told to shut the fuck up. There's no kids that can go in <laughs> yeah. there, but like our closest they Alamo really now is out kids. eighty. Yeah, Alamo Draft House. That's been a big deal with their policy for a long time, um, and except for specific screenings that are for children, right? Like obviously when they're doing Onward, right. I think that's one where, kids. yeah, as I long as you a, have a, a guardian, eighteen or yeah, older. I think it's, uh, I think it's based off the rating oh, of the film. Yes, but they still limit you to like anyone under six years old. I think is not permitted, except Dude. for again the like, the lights up like kid party serial tr- days the or Trolls whatever movie. Yeah, like PG. Yeah, but even or then, I G think in Alamo, I, I think they still have a very specific. At least at ours, they did. There, there was like under age six or five or four or something. There was there was some hard limit where we're still like you can't bring your toddler into go see trolls. Oh in no! Alamo shit! Draft. Damn. Yeah, that's harsh. Like, yeah, but I, I mean that was the benefit. The I mean, shit of that. That's fucking yeah. awesome. Uh, but I mean, and if you want to see a movie in that situation, but there's no theater around you, well, the next best option would be, yeah, I'll spend the twenty dollar premium to to rent this movie now and watch it once. I mean, how many people would prefer to do that too? Like, I don't want to buy the damn thing. I'll, I'll rent it. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to watch it one time and never think about it again. But uh, it definitely puts into question, like whether or not this is something we see going forward, how theaters recover from this. Right. I mean, you got a huge industry that's closed right now mm-hmm. and it's not making any money don't in know this for how long they're trying to make money any way they can. I could see this leading to where they were do they maybe do both. Like, I mean, you're you're not. I don't know how much it costs to release these digitally early at the same time, but I mean, you have to imagine you're, you know, you could. It make, doesn't cost anything. They have like a digital file yeah, the same way so that they would send it I to mean, a movie theater on a hard drive. You have to. It think just goes. To, that it would it's the same only... way if you buy a digital copy on iTunes like months after it's been in theaters, I, right, like they just right. encode it and then they it just sits on a server. So you'd have to think that they're just, you know, I, they're making more money doing it this way and also having it in theaters. Because like you said, there are those people that for one reason or another don't want to deal with the movie theater that first weekend, but they still want to see the movie when it comes out. It just, you yeah. know, that reason sure. keeps them or whatever. But Drew, you were uh, saying something. Sorry. Oh, yeah. It's just um, I think that now that like people realize that they can do this. You know, you know, for us, we realize uh, we've known that pretty much, you know, once a movie is made, you can just put it out digitally. But, like, you know, the majority of people don't really take, uh, you know, pay that much attention or, re- or even really care. But now that, the, you know, the whole coronavirus is happening and now that they're putting onward and other several movies and probably more movies on here eventually, I would say, is that I think that this will be a thing that they're going to implement. And I think this is going to severely affect the theater industry and 
you might see a lot of them close down and only a few stay open for like the true people, you know, the people that really are into like uh, the theatrical experience. Like a purge yeah, I mean, of when you, movie theaters. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you think kinda. about it, only companies that'll be able to afford to have them open are your big companies like your AMCs and your Cinemarks, like your neighborhood picture house that does like dollar screenings of old films might not necessarily be able to keep up with first run films anymore. And the issue too, of course, is the, the big reason why no one's ever flipped the switch and be like, okay, we're going to do at home rentals day and date with the theater distribution is because your theaters are still where the most of your box office numbers are coming. Those have been dropping for years now, as far as like how many tickets are getting sold and stuff. That's why movie theater prices have been going up trends shift. Yeah. Towards more, but if that wasn't making them flip that switch, then I don't know what would have because you don't want to piss off that industry. You know, now it's not that you don't want to piss them off. It's that they're literally closed. There's no other way to get movies out. So that's why it's happening now. But I, I wouldn't, cause I, I guess the closest comparison we have in video games would be of course, like if when digital distribution became a thing and it's like, okay, well now you don't have to drive to GameStop or Best Buy or whatever to buy games. Well, yeah, you were kind of making fun of me for that earlier because I got uh, that copy of, uh, I got the last copy of animal crossing and you're like, you should yeah, exactly. I mean, there's unlimited copies online. Yeah. Right. On, on digital, but, but that's an industry that, you know, you're talking about products that are $60 a pop versus an $8 and 50 cent movie ticket. And that there's no, end to your roadmap i guess like the movie will not sit in theaters in perpetuity it'll be there for at most four months five months if it's sure. like a blockbuster film and technically but most movies are gonna run for four or five six weeks and then they're out and then you go buy it on blu-ray anyway so that industry has adapted because of that but if you say the theaters are all open right now and you've got the option to watch invisible man at home if you have too many people that take on that option then you're in the same place where your movie theaters aren't getting full and you're taking less of a box office cut there. Like it, it, it's just too easy to piss off movie theaters who run on such tight margins versus say like a GameStop that they have other po- ways to make revenue with just used game sales and selling other devices and stuff. Like if you turn digital on and it stays on after all this coronavirus stuff is gone, I don't know what the theater industry looks like. And that's really sad because I, I like seeing things. On the like screen. I said, you'll probably get a large decline and they'll just keep the ones open that the, <clears throat> the moviegoers still go to, you know, the ones that make the most will just happen to stay open. And it'll probably be a, sh- a huge shrinkage in the industry. Cause I mean, technically if you rent it this way, you can watch it more than once. Like say you have kids, uh, they can watch it as many times as they want it want to uh the adults well, in 48 hours well sure but that's two, <laughs> so you gotta run it again yeah that's two days and in our current condition two days is a lot of time for being at home so yeah you know right. it, it changes stuff a little bit at least for in this moment um i don't know you got we'll have to we'll just have to see after yeah this it's moment. definitely an interesting you know occurrence you know what's happening right now and it'll definitely for sure have an impact on the industry and we'll just have to see what happens next yeah well and before we move on to the next story uh there was something else i read yesterday that they might uh the warner brothers is looking into potentially just releasing wonder woman 1984 direct to digital as yeah well. oh, there was yeah, that was a like, lot of rumors though <laughs> it's rumors yeah because uh, yeah basically the article was like they aren't even talking to the director and yes, stuff about the it it's just people at warner know. brothers yeah, yeah, yeah. but like the I corporate mean, level 
thinking, hey, we got to make some just, movie. Yeah, this just tossing season. that idea around. You know what but, I think what would happen is, is like, I think that's a smart move to do. But also, I think once this ends, they'll definitely put it back in the theaters. Like, for people that want to see it. I mean, you don't know. I Maybe, mean, again, I are know. we talking about this ends in... October. Yeah, like I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, the Bloodshot point. is not going back to theaters. Like that's just that's <laughs> just also, not going to happen. But do you think Bloodshot's putting up the numbers that Wonder Woman '84 will? Well, sure, no, no not at all. But, but yeah, I mean, but I think that adds. I think that adds a lot to it. Well, but when fair, you're talking yeah. about a franchise as big as sorry, Wonder Woman, or or <laughs> a Matt, okay. like say if they say if they do the same thing with like Black Widow, like the people that want to see that movie that were going to be there like day one, like that Friday opening night showing are, gonna run it are also one. going to be the people that are like, yeah, I've got $20 to yeah, rent this movie true. tonight. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's a very fair point. Yeah. I think it, I think you could, pres- I think that's the real test, right? To see if a movie like that, like a bigger Hollywood blockbuster, if it can come anywhere close to the domestic box office that the first one had, through the traditional movie theater system, like say 1984 comes out and it has a higher box office domestically than it than the first one did in theaters. Right, that's where you have to start really being scared for the theater industry. Yeah. Right now, you know, Bloodshot, Invisible Man, yeah, like these exactly. are not like yeah. your summer blockbusters that are going to break the bank if like a theater can't get in on that profit. Onward but is if, good, but it's not like a Toy Story. Exactly, right. it was already skewing towards the lower end yeah. of what a Pixar movie pulls in. Yeah. But yeah, say Wonder Woman 1984 comes out and $500 million in a couple weeks because everyone's stuck at home and $20 isn't much to like, yeah, keep the kids happy, watch like the big thing. Everyone can like live tweet about it on Twitter and shit all at the same time, <laughs> doing your Twitch watch parties and stuff. Like it, it, it could be really something really crazy. Hi, scary Woody. Come with me. Look at me. Watch while we watch uh, Book of Eli. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's like, all right, Brent, you're Wonder Woman Gary. 1984, and we're going to hit play I love right Gary now. Gary, too, and that was a terrible accent. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> governor, I'm Gary Ritter. <laughs> That's more of, uh, no, that was better. Uh, I was about that was to say a John Oliver. That was uh, my John <laughs> Oliver impression. Wow. I was going to say, it started off Australian and then went British. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I'm Ethan, gonna, I think you've got some I'm news gonna, about Sonic go, the Hedgehog. I'm going to go us. on to the next one. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog speeds past Detective Pikachu as the highest-grossing video game movie domestically, crossing 145.8 million in the U.S. box office numbers against Detective Pikachu's measly. No, I'm just kidding. 144.1 million. <laughs> pathetic, pathetic, mediocre. <laughs> Uh, Detective Pikachu what is this, like amateur hour. It'll hold the crown for worldwide numbers, though, as Sonic is 126.5 million shy of Detective Pikachu's 433 million cumulative box office at 306.5 million. Sonic's delay in China seems to be the key, and it's lower numbers. We can only guess how high he might have jumped otherwise. And I wish I could make that like Sonic jump noise, but I can't. So just imagine that I did. Whoop. <laughs> No, there you go. Good. Yeah, wasn't good. Yeah. wasn't good. Yeah, exactly. Nailed it. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, big numbers for a movie we all thought was a terrible idea and couldn't possibly be any good. And it was decent, you know. I liked it. I'm I excited for the next one. Yeah, I think this is really cool and exciting, you know. And I think this kind of, Sonic and Detective Pikachu have kind of like set an example of like. Or, like, set the bar of, like, what a video game movie should be. You know, 
To uh, be fair, that bar was not very high. Oh, for yeah. sure. It wasn't. No, this is just like right and above It's still ankle not high. very yeah, high. Exactly. It's not. Yeah. But like going from just like, you know, to the bottom, you know, the sole of your shoe to ankle high is still an improvement. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We went from a 2.8 IMDb average being like the best you could hope for. Right. Up to a solid like six. <laughs> exactly. And I think uh, hopefully people in the future that want to make video adaptations of these movies will look at these two as an example. And especially after, you know, the uh, response when the first Sonic trailer dropped and everyone saw the original Sonic and was like, fuck this. You know, I think uh, I think the biggest takeaway personally is that this shows the difference in what kind of movie you can get from these adaptations when people that are involved with the games have some say, because that was a big thing going back to the Sonic's original design. Sega wasn't happy with it, but you know, they didn't have full control over it because universal had purchased the rights Mm -hmm. and you had universal CEOs talking or, uh, you know, executives saying, Nope, this is fine. This is the, what we want to go for. We like the idea of like something that looks a little more, horrific and grotesque <laughs> in the, Generally in the hopes of having something more human and realistic. We like bad teeth is Nightmare what we're saying. inducing. Yeah. But like from the very beginning, you've got like translated tweets and stuff from like character artists and stuff over at Sega that were like weird. I mean, hope the movie does good, but this is not what we've had in mind and blah, blah, blah. And then luckily enough, the fans spoke up universal saw what was wrong and went back and said, okay, let's do this the right way. And I think that worked. And so maybe hopefully that means Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Sega gets a little more say. Obviously Nintendo worked very closely with uh, the production company on Detective Pikachu, which is another reason why that one turned out so well. And yeah, I think that's the key is that just these video game companies can't just sign away the rights to these films and expect yeah, a good product to yeah. the IP yeah. that they created, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like I, I think again, we're seeing that with that metal gear solid movie that's in development that Konami's still involved. Uh, the director's close friends with Hideo Kojima. Uh, so hopefully that's another one too, where we, when that movie finally comes around, it'll, it'll have some of that heart and soul still. And I, I think totally that's definitely necessary. That. Never going to happen. It's going to happen. It's coming. Uh, it's coming. Hey, this isn't un- this isn't the Uncharted movie, all right? This is actually exactly. going to happen. That movie's, There's no curse here. That movie will happen. <laughs> Whether I have to sacrifice myself or not. Uh, next up, Rosario Dawson has been cast as Ahsoka Tano in Mandalorian Season 2. And this will be that character's first live-action appearance outside... Well, it's her first live action appearance that we've only ever seen her animated in the Clone Wars and in Rebels. So, yeah. What do you guys think yeah, of this? I think this is super cool. Whenever I first saw it on Reddit and like I was seeing like the face to face comparisons, like her eye, the way she looks and like uh, like her cheekbone structure, I think totally matches the way Ahsoka looks. But also, I have never watched the show. I just saw those two pictures. Well, in, in, the, so. in that mo- I mean, in that comment, like they'll probably do a lot of heavy makeup and and facial oh, stuff to her definitely, definitely. but uh i, yeah. I still kind of know what you mean she does slightly resemble like what you would imagine a real life version of her being as much as you can considering she has like tentacle for hair right yeah so, exactly. or whatever they're supposed also, to be i don't, I don't uh, know exactly what i was alluding to earlier when we were talking about clerks too she's in clerks too yes yes she, and yeah 
And um, that I I fucking love Clerks too, and <laughs> like Clerks two to me is one of like kind of like those weird memories you have with like kind of a weird situation because uh, I watched it so much in the hospital when I was high as fuck on morphine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Legally, they gave, legally high they gave me in the hospital. Le- le- <laughs> legally high on morphine in a bad situation. I want to state that out there. They put me with a morphine button, and then they took it away for good cause. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but no, I watched Rosario Doss, or I watched Clerks 2 so much in uh, that hospital, that I'm pretty sure that's the reason why I just like to rewatch stuff. Well, her like her whole back and forth between Anakin in the Clone Wars series is very mm-hmm. like that snarky back and forth with like her and Dante in clerks Two. that like say something. And then there's a quip back and a quip back and that very funny oh, dialogue. Yeah. So I very think it, I think it'll work very well if that's how they're going to play it. So I have a question. Yes. Yeah. How do we feel like this will affect her chances of going back to the Marvel cinematic universe, Netflix shows? Is she in the Netflix show? Yeah. She's in Daredevil. She was like the one link oh, character that was like, yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, oh, fuck yeah, yeah you're right. Cage. Yeah, yeah, Is yeah. she really? She, I totally forgot. It's a joke because all those shows have been canceled. I was expecting someone <laughs> oh, to be quick I'm here. Sorry. <laughs> y'all, I mean, y'all are Netflix shows, and you then never, my mind just automatically translated it as MCU. Because they were part of the MCU, man. Yeah, now, yeah, now, yeah, no, it's, it's allegedly. Now it's not. Maybe, now she'll get, maybe after this, she'll get her own Disney Plus show as, I don't know, whatever. That's her weird side character yes, that doesn't exist. Exactly. Yes. What if what if she gets her own like dating game? You know, and you can date <laughs> all the different subheroes. <laughs> no, come on. Uh, no. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I'm excited to see this. I hope it's a little bit more than just like a quick cameo, and it's like, oh hey, look at that over there, and then that's that's exactly what you're getting. Uh, I I kind of feel like that's I how can it, almost guarantee yeah, it. I know, but. I, I don't expect her to have like a lightsaber or anything like She's that. She's gonna be like, "Oh man, I know that Darth Vader guy. We go well, way back." But the thing wink, is, wink, nudge, so nudge. I expect at least like maybe <laughs> maybe a light lightsaber fight. Nothing she, heavy. She does have a little bit of ties to the black saber with the with at the end of Rebels. I believe she joins up with somebody and they go into like this version of the Mandalore Wars or something. So. You know, we might actually get more than we think we will, but probably not, honestly, with the way the Mandalorian is and how, like, here's a little taste, but we're not going to give you anything. So probably nothing. Either way, I'm looking forward to it. This actually makes me want to watch Clone Wars. There's not worth it. There's a lot. Yeah, it's too long. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's. Oh no, true. it's it's not something I'm going to pay attention to. It's something I'm going to put on the back. It'll be my background. Show. I think there's a no. Bunch you're not of allowed like... to have any more background shows. <laughs> there's a bunch of mini... catch up on something. There's some lists. Sorry, Ethan. no, it's okay. There's some lists that have like <laughs> the very important episodes, like the ones that actually have Darth Vader in them, or the ones that have like. Uh, uh, okay, we'll send me read the a list couple and I'll watch it. Yeah, like, or like, yeah, just, yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's like there's well, the ones that Darth Maul come back in are kind of cool, but it's a lot of just filler. Not worth it. Not right uh, next, none up. of it matters. Yeah, none it's, of it matters. It's, it's, it's all connected to a story of movies that are finished. It's all pointless. It's all pointless. Uh, fan service bullshit. You can be so, doing so much better with your time. 
Uh, Avatar 2 joins a bunch of other movies that have halted or delayed pro uh, production due to the coronavirus, but James Cameron has uh, assured us that Avatar 2 will, 2 will continue to be worked on uh, virtually and with like visual effects teams. Uh, I, I was going to do more about this, but honestly, it's just kind of something just to worth mention because uh, this movie has been been talked about for how long? When I don't Avatar... give two fucks about Avatar when did, 2. When did Avatar really come don't. out? Like, it's, you know, this is, this movie's never uh, first Avatar came out. 2009? Yeah, 2008 or 9. And then this movie was originally supposed to come out in like 2016, I think. Yeah, this movie's never happening. So, but, uh. No, it'll happen. But also, this was a weird story because I could have swore I read an article not long ago that said that all of the live action stuff for Avatar 2 was done. Really? And that they were, they were done with that principle of photography and they've been in the CGI phase for a while now because originally it was going to come out this December and then they moved it back a year after Fox was acquired by Disney. And at the, well, I think like all the principal photography for Avatar two and three was done like months ago. Oh, that may be actually so, true. And that may I be mean, why that they're makes just sense because yeah. like how much like real photography was in Avatar one, you know? Yeah. yeah. They said and, but then was... the only thing too is that this is a weird case because I think they still have a ton of motion capture with maybe some of those cast members. So maybe that's what it is that they still have to do, which would technically yeah, be still this. be like kind of physical stuff. But yeah, yeah, because I, I read this crazy thing that sorry to keep no, going okay. into detail. I, I'm actually very excited about the Avatar movies. So I know a little too much. <laughs> I'm going to see it. I, just, I knew you would. I knew you would. It's just been so long. They built like this giant, like think of like a movie studio, like where you would go and set up all these sets and something. Yeah. They have a studio that's like a normal size studio, except it's a giant pool. And they, the reason this has taken so long is they've been developing camera equipment and technology to accurately record motion capture of people in the water <laughs> because Cameron. they couldn't, they couldn't do motion capture in water in the past just because something about like the refraction and stuff it wasn't able to accurately track in the camera the different nodules and stuff that sure. you have all over the suits and everything. Like they, the data was just never accurate, and so they had to redevelop all of their motion capture technology to work in actual water. Well, they were probably putting their cameras in the water, and that's why it wasn't working. Cameras, <laughs> you don't put. Cameras they, in the I water. think the cameras are waterproof you don't put, in this situation. You but, don't mix water and electricity. Everybody knows that. I think James. He's Cameron. doing it for people like you, Ethan, because the first thing y'all were going to say was it, it just doesn't really look like they're look really like swimming, they're swimming in water. In water. <laughs> and so James Cameron was like, "I'm making this movie for you, buddy." His name is Ethan James and, Cameron, the greatest. But uh, yeah, so maybe that's what this actually. is. That they could still actually be shooting, but it's just like the mocap stuff. But yeah, and then this that movie would, will come out. Yeah, that would make sense. As you know, they're not allowed to bring actors in, and they don't want to work with a whole set of crew that they have to do that stuff with. So. Yeah, and, and that would make I, yeah, because they very much said that this movie is equally CGI as it is like physically, so it's probably taxing on both sides. But that the the yeah. physical stuff may actually all well be done. Um, can I tell you all just a quick funny story about when I went to go see Avatar the first time? So this movie came out on Christmas, right? And yeah. um, so I. Uh, our family tradition in my house is like we we usually go to uh, uh, see uh, see a movie Christmas Day when my mom gets 
you know, Christmas setup and everything like that. Yeah, God damn it, I said it again. <laughs> um, and so when we went to go see Avatar on Christmas that day, this was whenever they were first starting to do uh, reserved uh, seating, you know? Uh-huh. And this was at the uh, Silverado on uh, 249. And uh, we went and we went into the uh, we went into the theater and everything. And uh, we we sat down and then someone was just like, oh, hey, they're doing reserve seatings now. This is actually our scene. We're like, oh, yeah, totally cool. Uh, But there was uh, this like uh, taped off section and it was just like reserve seats only or. No, those were the reserve seats at the time. Sorry. And uh, but some group of people decided to go in there and uh, sit there anyways. And then when the people that actually ordered those tickets online came there and everything, they were like, hey, these are our tickets. And they're like, fuck off. We're not moving (laughs) on fucking Christmas. And so they were there for about 20 minutes arguing and everything. And then they were like, fuck it. We're going to go get the manager. And so they go get the manager and everything like that. The manager tries to get them to move. And they're like, no, we got here first. This is how this works. We bought these tickets and everything like that. And so, and the manager eventually gets so frustrated and he goes, well, congratulations. You just ruined Christmas. <laughs> I've definitely heard that story before, but I think it was half as long last time. Yeah, I've never, I've so never heard that story. That's a new story to me. So. <laughs> no. Yeah. Travis has definitely heard it. Cause we've probably talked about it. Ruined I'm Christmas. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Okay. He said you ruined Christmas. <laughs> uh, next up, Disneyland and Disney World. California, Orlando, all the Disney places closed. You can't go there anymore. Disney is dead. No, I'm Good. Just no, they uh, closed their gates, obviously, because the massive amounts of people that were still going to Disneyland and Disney World were just insurmountable. They had to do something about it. So, uh, you know, in accordance with now is what the law? I don't I don't know what's really. I don't know, whatever. It's not the law, but like kind of state by state basis. People, yeah, a lot yeah, of states yeah. are going around saying, I know, it's being stupid. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just like, and people still go into like the beach and everything. I posted that Gus Johnson video on the Slack the other day of like people still going to parties, you know? It's just, yeah. Don't. Uh, but hey, uh, it's, bye. it's, it's all temporary. Um, you know, I think they said that they would, uh, in a month come back and re examining, re examine what's going on and stuff like that. So we just have to, you know, look and be patient. Don't do anything now. Stupid. I've got some tasty insider details well, from my Disney source. Well, good because yeah. I'm hungry. So you remember the whole Bob Iger leaving Disney thing recently, right? Yeah, kind of. It was like, hey, I'm leaving the board. Yeah, yeah. And you know how like Disney makes a shitload of money off of Disneyland and Disney World and their resorts and their cruises. Yeah. It's a significant portion of their revenue yeah. alongside obviously all their movies and stuff. Yep. Pretty sure he just already gotten word that this coronavirus was a big oh, deal you think- after seeing what was no, going on in China fuck. and used that as his way to just be like, all right, getting out while the getting's good. I can go ahead and get this switch over taken care of, leave on a high note, and not have my legacy affected by something that's largely out of his control. But uh, it's because I mean, this happened like right at the beginning of February when it was starting to really get bad in China. That very well could be true. I I really can't speak like like Disney's numbers are not going to look good very soon. Yeah, but hopefully everything will just bounce back to a relative norm. Eventually, but 
I don't know. We're, we're straight it up going to be started in the middle of a session. There's no good. I mean, no, I meant. I mean, after that, I know. Obviously, that's where we're going. I'm talking eventually. After that little recession, I'm talking thing. eventually. Everything's about will, to be Mad Max we'll up in here, bitch. Get your toilet paper guns ready. <laughs> paper guns. Totally. Hey, man, it's like ammo at this point. It's it's that precious. But yeah, so sad. You can't go to Disneyland, Disney World, but it'll whatever. It'll come back. At least you won't die. Yeah, at least you won't yeah. die. Uh, next up, uh, this is one of those funny stories that I just could not ignore, and I God, I hope it's true. Uh, rumors surfaced about a butthole cut of the movie Cats. Take this with a very large grain of salt, people. Uh, there's little proof to pack it up, but Jack Waz hinted. Pack it up. <laughs> pack it up. Pack it up. Pack it up. Pack it up. Like, packing those buttholes. Pack it up. <laughs> Uh, Jack Waz hinted at a version of Cats that included CGI buttholes. Uh, Waz has a friend of a friend in VFX, is what his tweet said, uh, whose job was it to get rid of them in post? I don't, I don't know. And then everybody started tweeting, hashtag release the butthole cut, and I, I want to see it. It sounds... I, that movie was just. I fucking. hope it's just like I hope it's just like one scene of Idris Elba just bending over, going full goatsy. You know, there's just a like, bunch of scenes where they like lie down and you know roll and do like when they're you know they're acting and stuff. So right, they're acting, but the like they fact, have like you know whenever the they turn they over have, on their bellies and their tails are up and there's just full beehole there. Well, yeah, you know? no, that's what I mean. Like like that prone position, the camera would usually like circle around them and their tail is kind of going. So yeah, there would be a point where you'd just be staring down the back end and you would totally see the butthole. Like <laughs> no one wants to see Jane Duty Jensen's butthole. <laughs> <laughs> don't you tell me what I, mean, I do and don't want to see. What, no I'm sorry. One, all right. Dame, I'm a little curious. Dame, Dame I like to see everything just I always once. mess that up. <laughs> it's okay. The good thing about where we are with technology these days is that someone's going to be able to get the 4K Blu-ray of this movie. And they're going to make their own with, butthole cut. <laughs> with some quick After Effects work. Yeah, they can <laughs> go in go. there and rotoscope some buttholes onto those cats. <laughs> oh my okay? God. Like it's... It's not going to be that difficult. We're definitely going to get a butthole release of cats soon. The high yeah, dynamic it might not range. Be legal, but it'll be there. 4K 3D butthole cut of yeah. cats oh, what coming if they to like, What if they pucker when they like cut site when they do stuff? Oh, it's, oh, uh, oh, it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> they have real life puckering motions. Uh, it's like the horse nuts in Red Dead Redemption 2. Ethan, oh how God. often did cats cough in the movie? Was there any coughing? Yes. <laughs> Yes. Was James Corden's cat yes. doing like a clear of the throat? He does. Or yes, he does. <laughs> there you go. That uh, was there yeah. was some, oh, definitely man. some pulsing buttholes in that movie. <laughs> uh, well, Harry, Harry, James Corden butthole. Well, I think we're gonna move on to our movie that we watched this week, guys. And uh, this was an interesting one, I, to say the least. Uh, I will not categorize it as good or bad. I will just say this was a movie. Plain and simple. Yeah, that's how I feel about it as well. Um, I, uh, you know, did we lose Travis? Travis, are you there? Anyway. Oh no, I guess he's he, he muted himself. That's fine. Uh, yeah, no, it was just it was a fucking movie, man. Um. We watched. Uh, I, I, we I watched this man with with uh, t- what's his name? Timothy Oliphant. 
Sorry. Timothy Oliphant. Oliphant. Yes. yes. Go ahead. Oliphant. And uh, I, I said her name, Olga something. I, I forget. That's okay. Yeah. I, I uh, The actors and actresses in this movie are not important. This movie was very <laughs> forgettable. I guess that's how I would categorize this movie. It was very forgettable. Um, I, found, I found the story like very kind of convoluted and I didn't give two shits about it. It was having me. It did not have me hooked at all. Yeah. I, like <laughs> once, once the, the first shots with like the kids and the barcode tattoos happen. And my first thought was, is this from fucking dark angel? And then I <laughs> See, what's find dark out, angel. I don't and know. And then that. I find out later that they literally took clips from that show and put it in this movie. I was oh, like, I was like, nope, I'm done. Yeah, the tattoos aren't even in the same fucking place. They're on their necks. <laughs> and then it, you, it shows you that it's on the back of his head. Yeah, it's the same shots. Uh, Drew, was, you never watched The Dark Angel? Yeah, no, dude, with, I don't even know about it. With just this Jessica a, Alba in like the yeah. 2000s. No shit. The, the show is made by James Cameron. Yeah, she was like, and she just, oh man, she plays like a super soldier. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, like with a tattoo on the hot. back, with it with a barcode tattoo on the back of her neck. Oh yes, my god, it was super awesome. Yeah, it had this crazy it's a great show. It had an awesome That's intro. W- oh, it was so good. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> oh yeah. my god. Uh, what do you guys think the uh, the budget for this movie was? Oh, y'all are looking uh, at the notes, aren't you? Ah, it's all, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not looking it's at all, it. It's I'm, all not, I'm not looking no, at no, it. No, no, no. no I, haven't, I haven't looked at how much it cost. Uh, I'm going to guess, <laughs> I don't know, uh, $10 million? $10 million. No, Drew, shut up. You oh. undershot it because you know the number. No, I didn't <laughs> look at it. I didn't look at it. It's we can skip the budget's yeah, no, $24 yeah. the million. The budget okay. was $24 million. Uh the opening weekend it made uh not even half. Uh it made $13 million. Uh well, I guess that's about half, whatever. I don't fucking know. Hey numbers. Ethan, hey, if you have too many tabs open in the background, close them. Oh, okay. You you're going you're just going robot voice a little more often oh, right sorry. now. Yeah. Um No, that's cool. I, that's why I was like, just letting you know. Uh okay, does that sound better? Yeah, okay. I mean well, we'll find out. I was just like, <laughs> okay. as, as few background processes as possible. Sure. Uh, let's see. The weekend it opened was November 21st, 2007, and it made a lot more internationally. It made $61 million uh, in the gross U.S. After all was said and done, you know, the $13 million was the opening weekend. It made $39 million and some change. So cumulative worldwide, $101 million and some change. What, what was that? I'm sorry. To clarify, movies always make more internationally. It's, uh, it's for, a bunch of countries yes, versus sure, one country. True, but um, but yeah, thirty nine domestic. That's not too bad for. I mean, I, I, it made its it money made back. Money back, yeah, yeah, that's, that's fine. Yeah, it, you know, it made a profit, but it's. I'm sure it's not what they wanted, but. I don't know. When you look at the history of video game movies, uh, I guess that's true. You just want them to post a hundred million dollars worldwide over twenty four. That's about as good as you could ask That's, for. I guess they were planning wrong. on making a sequel because of how good it did. They, uh, oh no, that was a reboot. Yeah, yeah. But they were planning. Well, they, they wanted were, to do a sequel. Yeah, they did yeah, want to do a sequel. They rebooted yeah. later. Yeah. But uh, no, this. I, I mean, that's a, that's pretty good. Just like nope. <laughs> yeah, in uh, February two thousand and three, Hitman makers, uh, Idos and IO Interactive, 
went into negotiations with Hollywood producers to adapt the Hitman franchise to film. 20th Century Fox acquired the rights and hired Skip Woods to write the screenplay. And Vin Diesel... I love that name, Skip Woods. That's a good name, especially for a screenplay writer. You see Skip Woods, you'd be like, yeah, I want that guy. Uh, Vin Diesel (laughs) was brought on to executive produce and star. So he was going to be... That would have been terrible. He was going to be our Agent 47. Can you imagine... Some of the dialogue for him. Agent Forty Seven is a weird character because I honestly, in the car. I, got I can't think of anyone who should be Agent Forty Seven. Like he's not a real person. Like yeah. he's just one of those video yeah. game characters yeah, where, true. like, just imagine it doesn't jank, sound right for anyone. Just yeah. imagine a generic white guy that's bald. Yeah. Dude, Tom Holland should be what? Agent no. Forty Seven <laughs> here. No, but Vin Diesel was I a mean, big thing. He's not thing. doing it charted. He yeah. has time. He's not doing anything. Uh, Vin Diesel was Will from Stranger Things. <laughs> Will from Stranger. What? No, God. Uh, he was a big. He'll grow into the role. At the time that they were like doing this movie, he had just done Triple uh, X, and then Fast and the Furious was like about to come out. If it hadn't already come out when they were uh, <clears throat> when they were doing this, so he was a big action star Wait. at this point, and it made sense that they were like, "Oh, Vin Diesel." Wait, what? Wait, what? I thought Fast and the Furious came out earlier in 2007. Too Fast. It, did, it came out in 2001. Too Fast, okay. Too Furious. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, but Vin Diesel wasn't in Too Fast, Too Furious. It wasn't? Oh. Yeah. yeah it's the one where they had Tyrese. What? Oh, that's right. Ah, whatever. But he was a big star. Well, he was in one and four, <laughs> and he true. was a cameo in the third that. one. God, what is it. wrong with you, dude? I you know what? That. Your punishment: you got to watch every Fast and Furious movie again. Okay, <laughs> every time that's you mess a, up, you got to watch the entire franchise. But that's not a punishment. I I like those movies. exactly. That's why I love <laughs> those it, movies. Dude. Are awesome. But uh, later on, he Vin said he he stepped down. and He just was going to produce it, and they hired uh, Timothy Oliphant, and he was brought in on in 06, or 07, I'm sorry. I know. I found. What did you think of Tim- Timothy Oliphant's performance? I actually thought it wasn't that bad. The I way- think so too. But I also, I, I also thought from like I know as the hitman is he doesn't talk a lot, and I felt like Timothy Oliphant was talking a lot. Yeah, but it's it all it also I mean, it's a movie. You know, he has to have some true. kind of communication. Agent Forty Seven also doesn't have big bombastic gunfights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with all that blood. <laughs> yeah, those are some heavy blood caps. He's That's sort of true. the silent assassin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but which they did well with, like the first ten minutes of the movie or so, and then they decided this is boring. Yeah, the big close up. It turned like, into an action movie. Yeah, the the one scene that really bugged me. You know what? Actually, I'm going to read this filming section. Uh, Coming in a little robot again. Oh crap! I don't. I mean, he probably can't fix it. It's yeah, just his laptop. Yeah, I can't okay, fix it at this all. point. Uh, the release of the film was set back a few months, uh, allowing for reshooting. Uh, this was the sword fight that they, you know, that really so, stupid. so out of place and just ran. I, I didn't understand it at all. It was. Well, so, wait, it felt like this what? whole movie felt like if John Wick was bad. I mean, yeah, exactly. But it was just like, what? It's like you're after you're after <laughs> this guy. Just shoot him. And um, I, I don't know. I didn't understand that really. That part bugged me. And then, yeah, because like you got to die honorably. The real now what? That doesn't make <laughs> fucking sense. It's because all of their marketing said that 
boys from age 12 to 17 have honor like swords <laughs> no they just like so- swords are yeah, cool does, like, does, I would say if I watched this in like 2007 I probably would have loved it does agent 47 carry like twin short katanas underneath him like on his, yeah, they all do that game? they all had them I know they did that's why I'm asking do they like you didn't know that there's a section in every Hitman no, game where I it turns into know. Sekiro no. Shadows Die Twice for a few minutes. But the original train scene had him fighting only one assassin, assumingly that bald guy that he's like running after, and they just have like a Old one. Man. They just have like a one-on-one fight. But uh, I don't know. They. Uh, it was. You know what's cooler than a one-on-one fight? A four v or four man free for all with <laughs> swords, uh, tons of swords. It reports before the film's release confirmed that not only were there reshoots, but Fox had fired Gans, the director, and denied him final cut of the movie. Nicholas de Toth was brought on to stage and soften the edit and cut down material. And then it also goes I don't on know to who any of those people. Are. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, it's. Uh, but then it also goes on to mention that. Uh, Fox owned the TV series Dark Angel, so they added the footage to to save money, and it, it was so obvious to me because I loved uh, yeah, Dark it's Angel. Just, it's just so funny, like such a weird yeah, what, such repurposing a, uh, of footage. But so you know, whatever they did that, and it can't be undone. It's kind of funny because I mean, it's not like an unheard of thing. Sure, that, of course, there's not. a classic. There's a bunch of scenes in like, I think it's like the second or third Transformers movie where Michael Bay was just like, fuck this. We don't have to shoot this again. Just use the shot from the last movie. But reverse it. It's like the exact same move. No, it's not reverse or anything because it's some like shot of like the earth or what Mm -hmm. I can't remember any of the details. But just you're watching this movie and you're just like, I'm, this is clearly like reused footage because they reuse movie footage from the same movie in that one. But then it, at one point they're like, fuck it. We got like perfectly good CGI from like 2007. Yeah. Throw that in there. And Fox went a step further. Like, don't we own some show that has to do with like kids? <laughs> yeah, let's just copy that in there. And that's what's so funny is because you can tell, too, that it's from a different show because the the barcode is on the kids. Yes, necks the barcode instead of their heads. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so it's just like uh, th- nothing about it makes any sense. It was like, nah, people won't pay me that much hey, attention. Yeah, That's how skin we'll grows, right? Those yeah. kids tattoos on the necks were the first trial, and you're, then Agent Forty Seven is the next generation. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, as you grow up, your neck skin becomes your head skin. Everyone knows yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> also, didn't it's, they didn't like Deadpool that, do that uh, with like the final battle scene with like the big base collapsing? Wasn't that a scene from X Men? Maybe I don't know. Okay. What? What? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I just saw that. Sorry. Uh, let's. See. You tell me, Drew. Did Deadpool <laughs> do that? I honestly thought you would know. There was one thing uh, I noted that was it was an alternative ending that shows uh, forty seven. You know, at the very end when he's watching her at the end and she opens the envelope and blah blah blah. Uh, there's another scene where, like, an alternate ending where she turns down a corner and she's shot in the head by. But, you know, assumingly the bad men that are after 47 or something. And maybe that could have led to the sequel that they were planning on. But I I don't know. So I thought that would have been way better than, well, everybody has a happy ending, you know, because I thought that just didn't that didn't sit well with me. I don't I don't know. This movie sucked. Yeah. Like I said, it was (laughs) uh, it was okay. It was that's the thing is it was bad enough. 
but good enough that I'll never remember anything about it ever again. Yes, it was very forgettable. It was very just... It doesn't make any sense with the context of the game series or within its own story. Although it did have a nice game reference. It has... (laughs) Oh, yeah, they play the game in the game. Boo-hoo. That's like the easiest (laughs) Easter egg that any of these movies can have. It's not interesting... It's like the lowest bar you could possibly set. Oh uh, yeah. But like even in the bad. old movie, he's they talk about how oh he's like got over a hundred kills and you know, my man doesn't miss. And then we see him miss a lot throughout the movie. And then uh, you know, he oh you gotta make sure there's no witnesses. You kill any witness. There's a lot he, like, of people watching. There's a lot sad. of witnesses, like everywhere. Like he's constantly walking into like fucking restaurants and yeah. shit. And see, he has. I think there's one time where he puts on a disguise when they're like walking through the train station or some shit, and he like, and that's he like a huge as, thing like, in one Hitman. Of the SWAT agents at the end. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but like it just, I, I don't know. I, one thing I will say is they used a lot of music from the games. A couple of those themes were definitely oh, songs that like nice. you could still you could even they use those same motifs even in the the latest Hitman games. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is. I think so far this is up there with like House of the Dead and like how little the story makes sense and that they just kind of were like fuck it let's make an action movie or kind of thing. That's and what like I was co- saying. Completely the disregard yeah. the plot or like the premise or the basic rules set by the game franchise that we're adapting. Yeah, that one dude I mean, like sword fights. Yeah, that what one the fuck? that one agent in like the CIA knows who he is. Like, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It's also just like how how unoriginal that dude's name was. They were just like, "Who are you?" And he's like, "Agent Smith, well, it's Central probably, Intelligence Agent." It was like, "What?" It's probably made up, but but yes. Yeah, you're I, right. I, I don't know. It's yeah, like I said, very forgettable movie. Nothing, nothing really special going on here. It's it's at purest, just basically an action movie with a little bit of some espionage stuff in it it's yeah um something else i did notice i didn't there might be more but there's a couple of these that i think like the train location is very similar to um a mission that's in hitman blood money Hmm. and then there was one other that i think is from hitman 2 silent assassin um but yeah overall just like very little going on here and it, the, the story didn't really make a whole lot of sense yeah there's some... apparently they did some sort of face-off thing with the where they like put the guy's face onto like someone else yeah at he's... the end he has like his like under his neck it's like peeling off or something because he's like not really that guy but they don't do anything yeah with first that. i was like you got a great surgeon because like i don't see any scarring or anything on the rest of your head <laughs> yeah it's so, it's, so just just wear like, like a, a turtleneck from now on there there's a couple yeah. of good like scenes that are just like by themselves that are just kind of fun like i do like the one scene where he goes to the uh belikov's uh brother the arms dealer and he's in that room and that whole uh that whole gunfight when stuff is is kind of fun, but again, it, yeah, it doesn't fit with like but, the the silent hitman thing that it's supposed to be trying to do. It's just a fun yeah. action shoot 'em up John Wick scene. Yeah, like yeah, Agent Forty Seven sure. would never go into that room. Right, exactly. He would, <laughs> like he would already be in there dressed as someone else, and nobody would ever see it coming. Yeah, or he'd yeah. plant some trap or something like yeah, that. But also, whatever. what I was gonna say is like. The be- like the monologue that the brother has whenever he's like uh, questioning Agent Forty Seven, you know, whenever he realizes that he's not who he says he is, 
was like whenever I posted in Slack, I was like, holy shit, the ADR in this movie is terrible. Oh, yeah, I saw a lot of that. There's a lot of issues there. Oh, it's fucking awful. Like, <laughs> it, it, it wasn't even like just him. Uh, the detective, I swear to God, he was one of the worst, uh, I would say victims of it, but victims isn't the right word. Uh, <laughs> but just like one of the worst examples of it. Yeah, because I think that a- actor, he has like a really thick accent normally. I, I can't remember what I've the, seen him in. Um, the inter- I've seen him in other the Interpol and- detective or? Yeah, yeah, the Interpol detective. So I think that was why they had to ADR him so much was that like they he had to do like multiple takes, I'm sure, to like try his accent to not English be so or whatever. Thick. Yeah. Or not uh, as thick. Yeah. You're right. And one thing I did like was the scene in the restaurant when he poisons the drink. I thought that was pretty. Oh, yeah. Whenever that was like a very hitman thing. Grabs the drink off or accidentally grabs a drink off the server's tray. And he's like, oh, but this is for table, whatever. And he's like, oh, you mean this table? And he's like, yeah. Yeah. I, I wish they had made it like I if I gave more of a shit about this movie, I'd go back and see that, like, see if there was an edit I missed or something where they better show that he dropped something in the glass or whatever. Or if there was like if he did some sort of like, uh, just like hand maneuver or so, like what do they call that? Like with a magician, like the slide of hand slide thing, where the magician's hand. like trying to to draw your attention with like another action, and while you, while you're yeah. doing something else, the prestige, like, the, like poisoning me, uh, poisoning um, drinks is like definitely a big like gameplay mechanic yeah. in the Hitman games. So oh, that was nice. cool to see. To well, there see was that, also but. there was a point where like he uh, he opens up a box and he puts something in there and you can see all the bodies and the guns that he disposed of like you do in the games. Oh yeah. You know that was what, what I liked I just, about the beginning of the movie so much. I'm sorry, dude, this is my last point. This is something stupid. So don't worry about this it. This is partly, this is again, how I liked the first like 20 minutes or so mm-hmm. of the film when they're in the hotel, because that, that made me think of Hitman where he's like clearly being tactical and stuff. And, when he's going into like different ice chests and it's like, oh, okay, well, in this ice chest, he's got like a fucking right yeah. pistol stashed away. And then three floors down in a bigger ice chest, he's got more guns, like all these different spots where he's planted things because that's another mechanic in the game that like you can you can't get into every area with guns and stuff because like the scene where they check him at the restaurant where they're like making sure he has no guns on him. Well, he didn't need to have a gun on him because he had already planned on going to this restaurant right. because he knew the guy was going to be there. So he had planted a gun in the back seat of the toilet and, or the tank of the toilet, in the back seat. Uh, <laughs> like that's very much a hitman game thing where you can be like, okay, you have so much money and so many weapons. Where do you want this thing to be planted? Cause you can plan out where people are going to go after multiple playthroughs and stuff and decide, okay, well, I know I can't get past this security cho- checkpoint with this gun, but I can leave a briefcase upstairs with the sniper that I'm going to use to get the guy. Cause in 30 minutes, he's going to be at this location and I'll have a vantage point, blah, blah, blah. So it's like, there's small little tidbits where it's like, Dude, why did you write the whole movie like this instead of putting a four man eight sword yeah. fight in? <laughs> like that just like completely throws everything out of whack. I think that might have been the Fox reshoot stuff where they're watching this movie and just thinking, why doesn't he shoot people? Okay, well he's an assassin. He's supposed to be sneaky and quiet. Man, it'd be really cool though if we could have like this awesome gunfight. <laughs> Yeah, but that's not really like the point of the movie. You know what? You're fucking fired. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Give me the guy that says yes to everything I say. Yeah. Yeah. And then we we got a we got a semi sequel, not really a direct sequel. It's just a reboot. Uh, we got Hitman Agent Forty Seven. Uh, 
I, I haven't seen did that one. Did you find out if Orlando Bloom is actually he's, in this movie? No, he's, he's, not. he's not. I don't know why. Where did you get up No, I said that like no less than like five times. I feel like I've seen. Every time we bring up Hitman, you're like, oh, I can't wait to see Orlando Bloom. I feel like I've seen a movie poster with him in it, but I, I don't fucking know, dude. I don't know. But yeah, no, it's it's not him. It's I, I have not seen this one either, so I don't know. It's a little far off from this one. Yeah. Oh, my one little tidbit that I was going to say during that scene was uh, not anything relative, but like nice whenever push. he poisoned, whenever he, <laughs> yeah, nice push. Uh, <laughs> uh, whenever he like poisons the drink, I was like, what does this remind me of? What the fuck is this reminding me of? And I just realized what it is. It's Prometheus. Yeah. It's, yep. We talked about that movie uh, earlier. Right? Hit, hit yeah, the- yeah, we did, but. Hit me in the video game. But uh, yeah, whenever David poisons the drink, that's that's what oh, gotcha. reminded me of. Yeah, Ethan, I looked up Orlando Bloom Hitman, oh. and it's just a bunch of reviews that say, "Oh, you're gonna totally mistake this guy for Orlando Bloom." Oh, okay, so they just kind <laughs> of so it's just that the guy that plays him looks like Orlando Bloom. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's great. Good stuff. Uh, <laughs> Well, guys, it does. Any, <laughs> anything else for this week? Uh, I, I appreciate our listeners uh, dealing with, with uh, how this sounds. And, you know, we're, we're just trying to put out content steadily like we promised we would. And, you know, but we're also still trying to listen to logic and reason and take precautions. So that's Staying what we're safe. doing. Yeah, stay oh, safe. Yeah. So we're doing our part. Either you. You're still gonna come over and edit this episode, right? What? No, not. No, that's, <laughs> that's, I'll, I'll just like I'll I'll sit in the backyard no, until you're done. That's bad. What if What if Caitlin and I'll I the keyboard? What if Caitlin and I are both asymptomatic? You have asthma, Travis. We can't risk that. Caitlin can't come over. Caitlin I'm, can't come over. Caitlin, no, I'm gonna wear a face mask. Caitlin has already given it to me if she's had it. Or she well, that's why I said I'll be out of the room. I'm gonna sterilize the keyboard and then you need to sterilize everything after you leave. <laughs> Uh, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately not. No, I don't think that's. I'll put up a sneeze guard in front of the monitor. <laughs> I'll just wrap <laughs> myself. Just take it with you I'll when just, you leave. I'll just wrap myself in a uh, plastic wrap and I'll put a mouth hole. And yeah, if you're asymptomatic, then just put on gloves and a mask when you come over and edit the podcast and then sanitize everything when you leave. No, it still could be in the air. But not if you use a mask. That's what the mask does. I guess that's you, I guess you're not sneezing and stuff. That's true. You're just trying to get out of a little work, man. It's not what I'm trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, uh, we're just going to put this one directly up there, aren't we? It's gonna yeah, we are. Yeah, we're going to just it, throw it up. Wrap it, ship it up. Uh, did y'all notice what I left for a little bit? Yes. Yes, I did. Okay, good. I, I figured somebody said something. He was like, I guess you'd oh, love for no, It was like literally right as we started talking about Hitman. Travis was exactly. gone. I was yeah. like, this is when I'm going to go get another beer. Yeah, that's fine. We just noticed it because it was cool. it was so different from your your... Like the mic being present. Well, yeah. yeah, because I thought as soon as we started talking about uh, Hitman, Travis was going to say something, and then <laughs> you didn't. And then like there it was got even quieter for about yeah. two, two or three yeah. seconds. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what happened, people. Now you know. <laughs> uh, thanks everybody for listening to the Absent-Minded Podcast uh, watches version. Uh, please go to AbsentMindedPodcast.com. Give our main show a listen. Give us a like, comment, subscribe. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on all the stuff. Twitter, Instagram, Absent Minded Podcast. I am been your host, Ethan Newbolt, at Ray, uh, at Soulsbjorn. 
Uh, with me, as usual, Wow, Travis Stockton. <laughs> Add me on Friendster and ICQ. <laughs> at Ray Charlizard. Travis is at Ray Charlizard, not me. I was about to say that that's what it was. Uh, and also, Andrew Crandall, the man, the vision, the, the hero that we didn't know we had in our own midst out there on the front lines fighting the good fight. Thank you, Andrew. You are a hero. It'll be one week since you heal for me. <laughs> you just stop that. It's at, not as funny as you think it is. At Andrew loves video games. <laughs> I, 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 like the, I like the... I like the <laughs> uh, we'll see you guys next week for Absent Minded Podcast. I'm gonna get this copyright claimed. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.